This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aloha, Lori. And Aloha, makamakas and uh, haleolas, oh. which is makamaka is bestie in Hawaiian, oh. and haleola is friend. Do you ever get confused then with, you know how they say aloha's hello and goodbye? Is like you yeah. walk up to somebody. It's like ciao. Ciao. Is ciao is bye too? Ciao is hello and goodbye. Okay. So aloha is like both, hitting up both. Like, I don't want to talk. I'm yes. Not, well, I'm no, it's just like a, a greeting, like. Like uh, saying hola when you're in Mexico. Hola, hola, yeah. buenos noches, buenos tardes. Okay. But, you know, so aloha is used all the time. And um, uh, I, I, I'm sensing them. there is some disappointment that Lady Exercise of Hawaii will be mm. doing no more. I'm going to do one more video. I'm going to give love advice tonight. Oh. Mm. I gave a beauty tip yesterday with my palm frond razor dry brush. <laughs> I'm if you saw that yes, video. <laughs> yes. I mean I think I think we've all been big fans of Lady Exercise. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, we, we're gonna have to find a way to keep that going somehow a little bit when you come home. Well, cause. I mean, I did start Lady Exercise in the early days of COVID. Yeah. yeah. And I had, you know, a f- but then, but then when when we lost Donnie Love and he wasn't with us, and Julie and I were like, "Ain't nobody got time to be making these funny videos." That's true. Yeah. We kinda, it, it was a tight squeeze kinda, there for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's it has it has been fun to come up with whatever my little creative is, and I don't know what the hell that accent is. It's somewhere between. <laughs> it's um, just well. It's just Britishy Moira-y. I don't know. There just, might be Moira Rose DNA and Lady Exercise. Yeah, it just feels like the way you talk if you're rich. Like, yeah. it just happens. My favorite <laughs> yeah. video of the entire trip was the one where you were sitting on the beach. It kind of looked like you were behind the driftwood, and you were filming the exercising lifeguard as he was doing, like, strides up and down the beach, going up and down the stairs, and, like, you were fully oh. play-by-play giving out how he was doing it, what movie he was doing. It was perfect. I thought that was the oh yeah, that was the best one. I think. I like. Yeah, or these, the pig, these the Baywatch lifeguards at Hapuna State Beach Park are. Anytime I'm just like I look up for my book and I yesterday we saw like three rescues again. It was like uh, one and a half waved, you know, one and a half height waves on the surf, and wow. so when they take their their surfboard and they run Baywatch fast to the beach and (laughs) I mean they really get out there fast and I'm very amazed at the number of people who kind of let little kids go in the water and they're not standing there right there with them yeah 
That's that's daunting. You know? Yeah, especially and with those waves. My other my other observation mm-hmm. is I have been, and you know, you guys know I'm not a prude, but um, I have been really surprised at the number of young girls wearing thong bikini bottoms. And I'm talking like 12, 13, 14, you know, like junior high and high school girls. And um, I'm just like, you know, their whole beautiful booty is hanging out and I thought of my dad because he, he his head would have been he probably would have turned his head three in a 180 he would have been so busy <laughs> ogling but I asked uh, um, Casey and I have developed you know some Ohana friendships family friendships and Sharon um, I asked her this this friend of mine who works at the West End I said would would you let your daughter and she said Hell no. She yeah. said, I buy the bathing suits, and I'm never buying her a thong until she can pay for her own thong after the age of 18. Yeah. It's just know. the style. I'm telling you, it's cheeky everything. Like, even in... <laughs> so, um, it's funny how even those styles will even be with uh, competitive swimming, where it's more cheeky now. Yes. It's just wild. I think it's just... it's. That's just what we get uh, so used to it because I'm so used to seeing like now the cheeky cut and it just seems like they pull it right up their booties and I don't know. Everything. But like 12? I mean, like I just. Seventh, eighth grade? I know. I mean, I. I mean, when, you know, when, when I was in high school, it was like flannel sweatpants and sweatshirts. But like low cut jeans. Remember how low those would that go? Was, that, yeah. was, that was like the big thing. And then yeah. maybe like skirts. But now, you, you know, with these yoga pants. It's like wearing nothing, you know. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine being. I love. I mean, you know, see, I feel like maybe because I'm closer to a bunch of girls that age. Yeah. Like it's it's not it doesn't really phase me that much, and we all did those things. It was always whatever was fashionable, you whatever you could you know carry into your life, and it just bled over. Yeah. But like we, I mean, I we laughed because I I don't have the body. I'm so long, uh, and so I would wear the low cut. <laughs> And my butt would absolutely hang out. I'd be playing cello knowing that, like, I got, like, two inches of crack just cello. sitting there. Like, Meanwhile, Bill in the back row is looking at his buddies, hitting his elbow. Look at that. I, well, yeah, I don't think, I think they're more like, oh, my God. Like, you know, it was just wild that you didn't dress for your style. You just dressed for whatever was popular or yeah. whatever was trending. Well, let's just say that Lady Exercise has yet to see a man in a banana hammock <laughs> strutting around the beach with his thong sling, I've not seen one of those, and I would just like some equal bun time. You know what? It always takes equal men a little longer bun. to get those trends. <laughs> you know? Like skinny yeah. jeans on them took a little longer. We're waiting on them for some booty. I love the equal bun time. That was uh, I do. no discriminating. I, mean, I love it. No discriminating. But yeah, anyway, that was just that's time. just a little beach observation that just slightly shocked me at how young the women were because young women are already get, you know, know. sexualized and sexual attention at an early age. And I'm thinking, I just thought this is a bathing suit bottom. They're sneaking out of the house. Yeah. I don't know. It just, you know, I think a lot of times you just get desensitized to it. Cause I, yeah, I remember that the legging thing was funny to think about because I remember that they used to not let leggings in school. For a oh, while, and now it's like what uh, everybody wears them. They're the comfiest things you can own. But I get, I get what you're saying. But yeah. as time goes and on, the limits get pushed, right? You know, totally. Yeah, and don't forget hmm. that 
leggings will make your stomach lazy if you only wear those as opposed to pants. Well, you know what I mean? Welcome. You got to have a zipper zipper. to keep you honest. (laughs) I don't always want to be honest. I don't know why you think that this honesty thing is so great. Just just like for like your own little like weight check in. Like I'll be very curious on Monday when I pull on my jeans and I'll be able to tell what's what. If this will work. Yeah. If you'll be able to get that all the way up. Yeah. <laughs> jump, jump, jump. They all will. Right, listen, uh, when we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. Brittany, I learned how to do the hula to that song in Girl Scouts. So I still remember. Did you get a badge for it? No, we didn't get a badge. It was just like one of those little things we learned and we got to learn the dance. And yeah, I love that song. And it stuck with you. It stuck with me. Some of it, I know some of the things. Pretty you know. good. Pretty good. All right. Well, the thing that we were kind of waiting for, we're like, when is the executive producer of the Oscars, and that's the number one guy in charge of the show, going to talk about what happened? Um, basically, when Will Smith uh, stormed the stage and assaulted Chris Rock after the G.I. Jane joke about Jada Pinkett's um, bald head. And so he did sit down with GMA and it was about an eight minute interview, but Grant's got the uh, a little bit of the audio and then I have a little bit more of the story. I watched the whole thing, but let's, let's hear what Will Packer, executive producer of the Oscars had to say. A lot of folks immediately were wondered why he got up walked that far, assaulted somebody, went back to his seat and was allowed to stay. Right. What was the conversation behind the scenes? It happened to be right before uh, the Best Actor Award. Shayla told me that they were about to physically remove Will Smith. And I had not been a part of those conversations. And so I immediately went to the academy leadership that was on site and I said, Chris Rock doesn't want that. I said, Rock has made it clear that he does not want to make a bad situation worse. That was Chris's energy. His tone was not retaliatory. His tone was not aggressive and angry. And so I was advocating what Rock wanted in that time, which was not to physically remove Will Smith at that time because as it has now been explained to me that was the only option at that point it has been explained to me that there was a conversation that I was not a part of to ask him to voluntarily leave Will Smith later said on Instagram I would like to publicly apologize to you Chris I was out of line and I was wrong I'm embarrassed and my actions were not indicative of the man I want to be When did you finally get a chance to touch base with Will Smith? Will Smith um, reached out to me the next morning and said, um, and he apologized. And he said, you know, this this should have been a gigantic moment for you. And he expressed uh, his embarrassment and, um, and that was the extent of it. So he also went on in the interview to say that Chris rock saved the oscars with his grace and aplomb i love that word Mm -hmm. a-p-l-o-m-b and he said um he did say 
you know, that moment sucked the life out of the room, and it was Rock's composure that saved the show. He also confirmed that they did ask, Academy officials asked Will to leave voluntarily, but he refused, and I told you yesterday that his reps uh, were working overtime to call all of that a lie. Academy officials were prepared to physically remove him, but uh, Packer, Will Packer argued against it, mm -hmm. and he said, I was advocating what Chris Rock expressed to me, which was, do not physically remove him. I'm not going to press charges. And he also said that the LAPD were uh, prepared to arrest Smith on the spot. But again, Chris Rock was like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. And he also told um, GMA that it was like somebody poured concrete in that room and sucked the life out of the room and it never really came back. And he expressed his disappointment for everybody who won after that. And I guess Will Smith and his lawyers are writing to the Academy to plead his case uh, uh, ahead of the upcoming hearing that's going to be happening um, as to, you know, what what they're going to do about Will Smith, if he'll be expelled from the Academy or um, suspended for a time. I, I don't want them to take away uh, his Oscars and... You know, I talked to Julia about it. She listened to Will Smith's memoir. Yeah. She, last fall. Yeah. And in the very first pages uh, of the book, he describes being a nine or 10 year old boy and watching his dad physically assault and beat up his mom and how he couldn't do anything, of course, because he's just a kid. And so, like, I wonder if maybe because Will and Jada had been the butt of so many jokes at basically every award show, more to do with their marriage and her admission on the Red Table Talk, that she uh, had an entanglement with a younger man. Maybe they were on a separation or something. Mm -hmm. But I almost feel like in that moment, Will Smith snapped, and he was that nine-year-old boy. His wife was his mom, and Chris Rock represented dad. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's, that's my Freudian take. Yeah, no, there's something to that. I also feel like, honestly, like this is one of the biggest events they've been to, um, you know, that wasn't as, you know, parsed out by COVID since they admitted the entanglement. I think he walks around with a, with, I think, because you have to get in the head to. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Really think of like, 
how could somebody get to this point? I think he walks around thinking that everyone's talking about that. And, um, I mean, I rewatched the interview when are the uh, Red Table Talk with Will Smith and Jada. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're... It, I could sense he had a, like a feeling of, I don't know, like non-manliness. And I don't think that's remotely true. I would never put that on somebody because there's somebody significant other has cheated. But I think there's something that carried over with that. And it's like he was almost ready, no matter what the joke was, is like he's going to be the type that fights for his wife or whatever because of all that stigma that is attached with that. Um I do think it's wild, though, because, I mean, Lori, he built his career on being the French Prince of Bel-Air, where he constantly made fun of, you know, his Uncle Phil's weight, his Uncle Phil's baldness. Like, I just, I keep going back to, like, we talked about this joke. First off, it isn't even necessarily a, a slam. It's not even making fun of anybody, really, to be like, yeah, you could play an empowered woman who was in the military. Yeah. So... I don't know. I go back and forth about taking the Oscar away. And a part of me, though, doesn't even know if he's a good actor because was he just playing himself in that movie? (laughs) No, he was terrific. I know he was. I'm just saying it's a joke like, you know, if he was somebody who snapped like that. But well, he must have sent Serena and Venus and Richard Williams huge bouquets the next day. Oh, Oh, God. Uh, From them, too. Yeah. Right. Okay, listen, we have some exciting Hollywood news when we come back. So Eddie Murphy may have found his next musical gig. He is set to um, star, it's early talks, to portray the godfather of funk himself, George Clinton, in an upcoming biopic. He'll also executive produce the film, and it will follow Clinton, who's now 80, and his childhood in North Carolina in the 40s to the creation of his legendary collective parliament funkadelic and he did show up in hollywood yesterday for the the red hot chili peppers got their walk of fame Mm -hmm. and he was there yeah and um i mean he george clinton definitely you know the godfather of, of funk he definitely influenced the rap movement in the 80s and 90s you know dre snoop dogg a lot of people talked about the influence of him and I saw him once at the caboose and it is, it was, you know, I can't even remember what year it was, but it was, first of all, the whole place was hazy with the smell of Pacalolo <laughs> and, uh, you know, the fashions, the hair, the psychedelic. He also, uh, people might know that his song, Atomic Dog, but I think that's kind of exciting news because first of all, we love a biopic. People don't know enough about George Clinton and all of his musical influences, and he's 80, and I I, I adore this gig for uh, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. I'm kind of excited. You know how you said how his influence on rap in the 90s? Here's Atomic Dog, and if you were a fan of Snoop Dogg, you know where this came from. Wow. Synonymous with Snoop Dogg and Doggy Style, the album, so... Yes, good, ca- good call there, he, Grant. He so. makes a cameo in this movie we used to watch all the time. I don't even know why, but it was called PCU. It has uh, oh, Jer- PCU, yeah. Jeremy Pivot in it, and um, he just has these beautiful, like rainbowy dreadlocks. And I was very yes. young, and I had no idea who he was, but I just remember being like, "That is the most beautiful hairstyle I've ever seen." He just everything he was wearing was like rainbow and all this beautiful. I just 
before I even knew who he was, I knew who he was. Right, right. So, you know, he's he's out and about. And like I said, he was at the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They got their um, star yesterday, and he was one of the people that was there. And um, so I think that's that's exciting Hollywood news for a biopic. Yeah. You know, probably won't see it until 2023 or something. But um, I'm, you know, I'm always... I'm all in on that one, too. And then um, Warren Beatty is 85 today. And, of course, um, you know, Bugsy is where he met his wife, Annette Benning. She was the co-star on that. Mm -hmm. If you've never seen Splendor in the Grass with Natalie Wood, I recommend that as an old movie worth checking out. You will cry. Have your tissues ready. Um and yeah, he's just uh, you know, of course he has a very famous love life, Diane Keaton. He started in shampoo, basically playing the real life version of John Peters, who was a a straight hairdresser in Hollywood whose muse and girlfriend was Barbara Streisand. Mm. Yeah. So and now he's good married. looking Annette Benning for a long time. Yeah, I think they've been married like tw- she she Finally settled that old dog, maybe when he was like 55. And um, we've seen, Julie and I have saw uh, Warren Beatty and Annette Bening maybe three times on the red carpet at wow. the Screen Actor Guild Awards. But she's like 25 years younger than than he is. and um, But they're just a striking couple. And, you know, of course, he's, his sister is Shirley MacLaine. These people have forgotten that. But, um, yeah, so he's 85 today, and he's got some great movies. And, of course, he and Dustin Hoffman made that Ishtar, which was for a long time considered one of the biggest bombs in Hollywood. But going back and looking at it, people are like, well, maybe it wasn't so bad. Another good movie of his was Reds. And mm-hmm. he's just – he hasn't made a movie now in, in in quite a few years. But I think they have four kids, so – now he's kind of, you know, he's like grandpa dad. Yeah, like Dick Tracy, right? That's Yeah, that Dick Tracy, yeah. he famously in Madonna's Truth or Dare oh, yeah. uh, documentary said to her, you're not alive unless the camera is on you or something like that. He, he was clearly disgusted with how she was filming everything for that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she was in, in his movie Dick Tracy. And I don't know, I believe they had a... Shall we call it a dalliance? Mm, uh, an entanglement. An entanglement, as it were. <laughs> oh boy, I bet, I bet, I bet they regret talking about that at the table. Absolutely, I think they, I think they were probably used to. They had probably d- dealt with it for so long that it to them it wasn't as triggering. But for us, hearing that was a big deal, and they've been, you know, a, a lot of. Jokes have followed them. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Now, Brittany did another Instagram. Do you remember seeing the movie Crossroads? Uh, yes, I remember seeing the movie Crossroads. This was like, I was their core demo for Crossroads. Yes. I mean. So she's, she said in her new Instagram, she was just remembering about this movie she was in a while back. And but basically, she said her real mom was worse than her mom in the movie Crossroads. And of course, her mom was famously played by Kim Cattrall in Mm -hmm. that movie. And she was awful. But she said, my real mom was even worse than my mom in Crossroads. And I think that her publisher is saying, 
damn it, Brittany, save this for the book. We're paying you $15 million for the book, so I'm sure that will be taken down. Um, yeah, I I mean, Crossroads was everything. It was, uh, and, and she did great in that, I mean, for what it is. Um, yes. It also had Zoe Saldana before she got huge, um, mm-hmm. and then Anson Mount, but uh, it... You're right. I forgot Kim Cattrall was the mom. Um, yeah. And there was that uh, I Can't Get No Satisfaction that they sing in that one, and it was just so good. So good, yeah. That was a, just a cute movie. Totally. To- it had, yeah, totally good. came out, I think it was, um, yeah, 2001, so I was like almost, I was like probably a sophomore in high school, and I just thought it was so good. It was everything. Yeah. By the way... Andrew Garfield of the Spider-Verse, and mm-hmm. people loved him, and Tick, Tick, Boom. He is single. He is broken up with his girlfriend, and it is due to work schedules. I could see that, right? Yeah. He's very cute. I know, but I, I like that he broke up with her after award season, so she got to go to all this stuff. Yeah, right? Or maybe that was the reason why. They actually had to spend time together, and they're like, who are you? <laughs> Maybe. And I know later we're going to hear, you know, Harry Styles' new music. Yeah. Um, a new song dropped last night, and God, people were just yelling. People are, a lot of Harry fans are upset that he's dating a woman 10 years older, Olivia Wilde. And it seems that the album, some of the songs anyway, are about her. But I would just like to say, in defense of Olivia Wilde, Harry is a grown man, and he is a history. He likes older women. Yeah, she's also Olivia Wilde. So, exactly. I was going to say, I don't care the age. Like 10 Olivia years, Wilde. Olivia Wilde is like negative two years. Yeah. Okay? It's fine. She's gorgeous. It's fine, but she was getting a hate online at tw- on Twitter last they, night. Yeah, no, they give her a lot of crap. So, like, they'll do a lot of uh, clips of her dancing in the background at concerts and... You know, I'll Gen Z will say, "Oh my God, she's so she's so chuggy the way she's dancing and all these things or whatever." Yeah. But it's just like I get it when I have Uber crushes and they're dating somebody. I'm like, I hate them. I hate them. So <laughs> just embrace what it is. You're jelly, and I get it. And we should, if you love Harry Styles, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say that Olivia Wilde is the only thing that's getting between you and Harry Styles. Thank you, Brittany. <laughs> Very wise words. Thank well you. said. That's yes, a lot of self talk. <laughs> and, and Harry did. He did say. Um, just gave a little interview and about this movie that Olivia Wilde directed. He and Florence Pugh and called "Don't Worry, Darlene," and he just said this about it. I don't know if kids can. You would want to watch this with your parents. Mm. An illusion or a reference to the steamy sex scene of female hunger and desire. Mm. (laughs) He's probably got to put that warning on. I mean, I know a lot of child stars kind of have to put that warning on like, Hey, I'm, I'm definitely now fully transitioned to adult stuff. So don't bring this just because your, your kid loves Harry Styles. It's probably (laughs) not a good reason to bring him to this. Good point. Yeah. It's definitely going to be a narrated movie. Yeah. For sure, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not certain if that's coming out this summer or this spring. I don't, I don't have that at the tips of my finger. But um, I, I, I have this to say, Maka Makas, my besties. And yesterday, I promised you that I would tell you who the story of who is is, because if you're not living in Hawaii or from Hawaii, you just know his song "Somewhere Over the Rainbow." But it is. 
it's kind of an incredible story about how that song came to be recorded and everything that he still does mean to the Hawaiian people. So when we come back, we're going to find out who is is. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us on this Aloha Friday. And um, so we've been ending the show every day since we've been here. Um, Grant's good idea to play Somewhere Over the Rainbow, played by the very famous Hawaiian musician. His real, he was, no, he's really known just as Is or Breda Is. His real name was Israel Kamakawi Ole. And he was a Hawaiian musician, singer, songwriter, and a huge Hawaiian sovereign activist. And he achieved commercial success outside Hawaii when his album, Facing Future, was released in 1993. He died in 1997 at the age of 38. He was a gentle giant, a very, a very big man, sometimes topping 757 pounds. But he is a hero here still to this day and he grew up on the island of Nihau, which is across from Kauai if I'm remembering correctly and to this day it remains the only island with 100% Hawaiian population and you cannot visit Nihau without an invitation from someone who lives there and he, uh, the story of how he recorded his most popular song which has over 157 million streams on Spotify, is legendary. His uncle was in Hawaii Five-O, the original. He played the guy truck. I, I think he was a detective. But the first time people heard Is sing was at a high school graduation party, and the room just like completely stopped because here's this beautiful voice coming out of this very big man. And he and his brother formed a band called the Mahaka uh, Sons and in 1976. And this, their first album, they put out kind of a Jamaican-flavored Over the Rainbow and What a Wonderful World, the Louis Armstrong song. So I don't know if we have that to play just a little bit of that song. So that was on his first album, and that was the seventh track. But what people know and remember is is doing the ukulele version, and how that story is came to be recorded is wild. In 1988, um, a recording studio dude by the name of Milan Bertosa was wrapping a long day at 3 a.m. when the phone rang, and a regular client said, uh, calling on behalf of is. Can he please come in? He's he's he wants to do this one song. The guy is kind of exhausted, but he's you know he knew that Iz had a very sweet reputation. Fifteen minutes later, there's a knock at the studio door, and and um, the guy, the studio manager, he told this story to NPR. He he said um, he said it was the largest human being I've ever seen. <laughs> And the the one the only song he wanted to record was an acoustic version, just his voice and the ukulele doing Somewhere Over the Rainbow, the one we're familiar with. He did it in one take. He gave a copy to Iz. He kept the master. And when friends and family would come over, he'd play it. And people were just like, oh, my God, you know, they're crying or they loved it or how yeah. can you get this song? And he worked with Iz on his 1993 album, Facing Future, 
and in the last few days of recording, he felt the album was missing something. So he dug up that master from 3AM, added it to the album, and it became one of the highest selling Hawaiian music albums of all time. It went certified platinum in 2005. It's been- Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Been used in countless commercials, TV shows, ER, Charmed, movies, Meet Joe Black, 50 First Dates. And while he's remembered for his voice, there was pain behind it because he really believed his fellow Hawaiians were second-class uh, citizens on their own island. And in 1997, when he died at the age of 38, due to his weight, the Hawaiian flags everywhere were flown at half-staff on the days of his funeral. And if you watch the video for his acoustic vision, you'll see scenes of his funeral in it. And he is still celebrated for his you know, music, his activism. And one story on the day of his funeral, all of the big semi-trucks on Oahu had their air horns blowing continuously. And at the funeral, people could hear from the ocean, they could hear the echo and the bounce off the mountain ranges and the whole of the islands came together just to say goodbye. Oh. And uh, friends said he would have laughed and laughed. He would have just thought that was so amazing. The the horns and yeah, all the, the really all of the islands the, uh, stopped and uh, yeah, I just thought that was like just such a I love great no, st- story. I love knowing that he's this gentle giant. Like there's something about that that just makes your heart like because he comes off as that way in the song, and to hear it's true because it's usually counter you know what you think is going to be, um, mm-hmm. and to just hear that you know the islands love him is just makes your your heart feel so warm. Yes. So if you watch that video of Somewhere Over the Rainbow, not the mashup with What a a Wonderful World, which is also really good, to think that he just, you know, called a friend who knew a guy at a recording studio at 3 a.m. and he just had it in his heart. He wanted to sing that song with just he and himself and the ukulele and that they did it in one take. And then it you know, wasn't released until, you know, several years later. And luckily he worked with the same um, recording um, guy. And then that guy added it to the album and it like wasn't the first single, but it was just like he said when people heard it, it was the same reaction when I would play it in private for friends and family. They were so struck at his voice 
the power, the how it changed. Yeah. I mean, I could cry just thinking about like yeah. that whole thing. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And how it it's also just shows you kind of the delicacy of it is like this had really had a huge chance of going nowhere, just being somebody's track in their house that they play for guests. And yeah. you know, it was just like the stars aligned just right and we got yeah. we got it in our lives. Yeah. I also really like his song, The White Sandy Beaches of Hawaii. I mean, um, I think uh, when I was in Hawaii and my aunt and uncle lived here and I was making a trip a month for a whole year for the Miss Hawaiian Tropic pageant, the first one ever, she turned me on to Iz because they just did nothing but play Hawaiian um music and i was like oh my gosh i love this this is he's got the most beautiful voice let's go out with this segment right now with that white sandy right. beaches song that you were just talking about because the Beautiful. segment thanks is just thank you great Lord. job thank you sharon is